Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is just episode like that. You 294. Like you know what? 294 nope. means that we're really close to 300. That's six episodes. We need to figure that out. Getting closer. Getting closer. 294. It's like when I turned 40, Kelly. Just another day. That was a long time ago, though. Kelly, <laughs> do you want to play the age game? No. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me finish the. Uh, let me wrap this thing up here. For March 7th, 2019, I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. Am I next? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. I'm another one, Trevor. There we go. And I'm another one, Kelly. Hi. Oh, we made it. <laughs> screwing it up. Awesome. Maybe by 300, we'll get it right. Now? Maybe. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. Probably need another 300. For sure. Uh, why don't we talk about what we did in guns? Let's what we did that. in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's mm-hmm. premier firearms retailer. What do they got? Trevor. All the Remington shotguns. They got them all. If oh. you, yeah, if you go to their website right now, they have a complete list of all the coolest Remington 870 shotguns you can buy right now. They got the 200th. We think we're a big deal because we're coming on 300 episodes. They've, they have, they've been around for 200 years. So they've got an 870 200th year anniversary commemorative edition. They've been around as long as you have. Uh, you are like 12 <laughs> years older than I am. They have, uh, they got the hardwood pump with the uh, detachable mag, and I found the one I want. Remember, you did? Yeah, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at those uh, Dominion Arms, little shorty shotguns with the pistol mm-hmm. grips that are mag fed? Yep. Remington's making one. Seriously? Yep, it's 14 inch with it's a pistol not a 200th grip. anniversary, though, right? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I'm no, going. No. That, really? that was all fancy pants. That one just looks like a fancy um, wingmaster, right? But this one's, uh, you know, short 14 inch tactical pump, detachable mag. The, but if but someone what? can tell me if the Dominion Arms pump action little grizzly things use the a- 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 Uscon AS46 mag, well, pff, I'm in, You're right? Good. Yeah, because I don't know how many how many rounds does the 870 mags take? Anybody know? Hmm, nope. No, I know the Magpul ones because they've got like a bunch of them. And the biggest one is 20. You mean Mossberg? Yeah, Mossberg. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Big, you got Magpul so. on the brain. Anyway, they've got, look, a full page of every kind of configuration of 870 shotgun you can think of. They got the cool looking 870 police one. Um, that's Oh, I like that. They've got the... They got the old school police, and then they got the police with the extended magazine tube. They got the police synthetic. They got the one they actually call the home defense. They got the tactical ones. They got the pistol group ones. They got the magpole ones. It's quite a quite an assortment. So if you've been shopping around for an 870 or thinking about an 870, head on over to the Calgary Shooting Center and uh, tell them Slamfire sent you and you need an 870 in your life. Cool. Uh, Calgary Shooting Center, I need an 870 in my life. Does that work? It, no, because see, you're actually not there right now. You're here with us still. 
<laughs> their early onset of Alzheimer's is a tragic thing. <laughs> it really is. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, all right. Man. Cool. If you're looking for an 870, go check out Calgary Shooting Center. Uh, Trevor, did you want to start off with uh, what you did in guns this week? Yes. So, um, as a lot of listeners know, I'm a match director for the Rescue Gun Club. So, I just, that means a plan and put on matches. And one of the components of planning a match is designing the stages. And those stages, typically, you, you draw them on some kind of computer program. Uh, recently, SketchUp has become really popular with match directors because it's a three-dimensional uh, drawing software. So you can actually put your, your targets out there in an actual scaled down distance from where the fault lines would be and all this stuff. It's really cool, but you got to be Albert on, you got to like Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton had a love child and that person still wouldn't be smart enough to figure out sketch up. So or just graduated in the last, you know, 10 years of, you know, or call Adriel. What? No, I'm not. I'm not that good at it. But like oh. the like kids these days play with this, like with design software and 3D modeling and that kind of kids. thing. So, kids, yeah. kids without jobs and responsibilities. Okay, or call Adriel's kids. No, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> Buy a product called 3D Stage Design. Oh if, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you're like yeah. me, and and like I mean, some people draw them on paper. They draw their stages on paper, like homeless people and hobos. Like anyway, that's. That's fine. That's even less computer skills than I have. I use a, a software, but it's, it's not uh, the software that I use is not cool. It's not 3D. But what 3D stage design is, is actual scaled down miniature 3D printed props, target stands, barrels, fault lines, walls, the feet for the walls, the barrels, the steel poppers, the steel plates, you name it. If you Texas stars, plate racks, if you can use it in a match, this dude is 3D printing it. So cool. if you go to their Facebook page, 3D stage design, and you look at the map where he sold these kits, I bought the first one in Canada. Well, I was going to ask, did you buy the first one in Canada? I did. I bought two of the master designer kits. Um, one was probably enough, but everything's a contest. So I bought two. So these things are so cool, man. Like you even take this little Lego dude. It's like the little guy from the Lego set. Mm -hmm. He's your shooter. And, uh, so what you do situate him. Yes. So rather than designing your stages on computer and then posting them to the internet, or when you have a level three or higher match, your match needs to be approved and your stages need to, be, need to be approved by Ipsic World. So you submit your stages for review in order to get your sanctioning and your level three uh, approval. And um, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm actually, uh, there's some, I'm, 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 I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I went over this with the regional director and he's a little apprehensive. He said, they don't, you know, they're kind of old school. They may not like this. You may have to submit drawings along with these. I'm like, no. No, no, no. This, this, this is this. If I do that, it defeats the whole purpose of spending what I spent on these kits. The future, the amount. future is now. The future is now, <laughs> and it's not computer. Damn it! It's toys. It's Lego. I'm gonna have like GI Joes running my stages with these things. Anyway, so yeah. So, and, so rather than draw on paper, you actually take these props, these 3D printed scaled okay. down miniatures, and you lay them out on the table, and you you build your stage. 
right there in your kitchen table. Take a picture with your phone and uh, you got it. Take a picture and then you submit your, now you take a picture and then you copy and paste that picture onto your stage description. And then you, you save that like you would all your other stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. Convert it to PDF and submit it for approval. Why wouldn't they like that? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I can't think of a reason why they wouldn't like it. It's actually better than any hand drawing. It's better than a two-dimensional drawing. And it's better than a 3D drawing because I can take bird's eye view photographs. I can take straight down range photographs. I can see all my angles. Like while I'm building this, if I got a shoot through, I'll see if I have a shoot through. I'll see if I need more walls to prevent from seeing targets from one location more than I'm supposed to, that sort of thing. So, yeah. So, anyway, it just cleared customs today. And oh, I should, okay. You haven't gotten it yet. No, I should have it next week sometime. So, there'll be Pretty lots cool. of pictures. And I've asked the um, creator of this product to come on the show. So, in a couple of weeks, hopefully, I know we got some interviews lined up back to back to back. Hopefully, we'll get them on. Uh, we'll get them on here soon. And, of course, yeah, we got to plan something big for 300. So, cool. Yep. Uh, doing lots of reloading. I don't know. Did I talk about how I bought the call-up puller to take apart the 40 ammo, but the call-up puller didn't work? Mm-hmm. Okay. You the hammer. It, yeah, so yeah. I've been... I've been yeah. What's that, Kelly? Yep, go ahead. I've been using the hammer, and um, so what I've done is that brass is already primed, so I just removed the decapping pin from my resizing die, threw that prime brass back into the case feeder, and I'm throwing it all back together. I've only pulled 200 so far, though. I've probably got, like, 200 left to go so um last weekend i went to fredericton to visit filthy and then filthy and the squire and mini me not filthy's mini me my mini me um paul lombard from the ccfr uh we went to larry shriver's range so larry and some guys opened up a new range outside of fredericton larry's also the uh, treasurer for ipsc new brunswick and he put on a little miniature steel challenge match, which was a heck of a lot of fun. We had some new shooters out there that are all kitted up for Ipsic, but uh, don't have their black badge yet. So they're getting some some practice and some um, some help along the way. So they'll be more than ready when the black badge course comes out. And I went and I shot it with my PCC. It's ridiculous how fast it is. Funny. I, look, Kelly, I was getting sub three second times. Serious? Yeah. My best so, one on five plates was 2.6. What are you running two? on on the steel challenge, though? It's going to be happening in June. Oh, um, uh, well, hard to say, Kelly, because I've got to switch back to pistol because I'm on the pistol team, the classic team oh. for the Nationals. Yeah. So I will probably uh, screw it. No, I'm going to shoot PCC. <laughs> it's just so fast. It's fun, eh? <laughs> oh, it is fun. Like, I mean, with your pistol, you start in the surrender position. You, you go down, you draw your pistol, and you got to shoot five plates. And um, we're we're really happy when we're under four seconds, you know, with a pistol. But the best shooters in the world are under three seconds. So here I was doing it with my PCC and my stock PCC. I don't have a good trigger in it yet. I still have a seven pound trigger. I don't have a muzzle break. And I was doing sub three second runs once in a while. Um, I knew I had a two and a half second run in me somewhere. The timer was too far away from the gun one time. Mm. And that could have been it. I don't know. I think I did I share the video with you guys. Yes. I saw yeah. a video at least. Uh, maybe yeah. it was on Instagram. Uh, no, I didn't know. post it anywhere. I just shared it privately. Mm. So anyway. Sure again. 
yeah all right i'll share it with you guys later so it was a lot of fun okay. um and then i picked up my m14 where's my m14 well my you have an m14 no well you know i don't have an actual m14 and i don't have a m1a but what i do have is a Narinko. it says m14 on it yeah it's a, it does say M14 on it, though, Adriel. It doesn't say M305. So, yes, I have an M14. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool about this M14 is Filthy's buddy and, and now buddy of mine, Chris Bay. He uh, He's a tank mechanic by day and gunsmith by night. And he built my grand and he accurized this. And after he accurized it, then I went and threw it in a, a Springfield uh, M14 stock that filthy gave me. You can see the Springfield cartouche there up on the stock, mm-hmm. and there's some other cool markings on on this stock. And the stock is roached and beat up and split in the back, and that's just how I like it. I'm gonna get the dummy selector to go in there to make it look, you know, for real M14. Um, but when I threw it into this stock and took it to the range that day that I went to that Milserp shoot in October and then came home and sold most of my Milserps, yeah. uh, the accuracy had fallen off. This gun was, was really accurate before the accuracy work. It was even better after the accuracy work. And then I dropped it in this stock and two problems. One, the accuracy had fallen off. And two, it didn't always cycle reliably. Well, I left it in Fredericton and asked the guy who accurized it the first time to bed the stock. And he didn't need to bed the stock. What happened was there was just contact with the op rod and some other part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas cylinder was contacting the wood and the op rod was contacting the wood. So that explains why I lost some accuracy. And the op rod contacting the wood caused some drag, which is what causes it to like short stroke and not cycle correctly. So, and I picked up one of these um, AIA type magazines for it. So that's good. I'm glad I've got that. And, oops, so I got that back home. What else have I been up to? Back to the show notes. Oh, um, while I was in Fredericton, Larry was like, hey, we're right around the corner from the gun dealer. So the gun dealer is in McAdam, New Brunswick, and it is the largest gun dealer, gun store in eastern Canada. He has more guns in stock than anybody in this part of the country. Uh, you'd have to go somewhere in Ontario to find somebody with more inventory than him. So we walk in and there is um, a Lee Enfield uh, in and among his used guns, full wood. I'm like, ooh, full wood Lee Enfield. I pick it up. It's a long branch. I'm like, oh, sweet. A full wood long branch. How much? $650. $650 for a long branch. What the heck? Uh, only problem was, the original site had been removed and they had put on a Lyman adjustable peep site. So I wasn't really keen on that, but I thought, well, they wouldn't have done that unless the gun was, you know, accurate and worthwhile. I got the gun home and removed the wood to, to clean it underneath the wood. The metal was absolutely pristine. The parkerizing was immaculate. Hadn't like, I don't think the wood was ever off of that gun. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, the bore was filthy, filthy, filthy. I finally got it clean and the bore is like, I'm not going to say it's pristine, but it's an incredible condition. Strong, strong rifling, nice and shiny. Um, the gun's got lots of potential. The only problem is they drilled the receiver to put this, um, rear peep sent on. Now they drilled and tapped one hole. 
They started to drill the other hole, didn't finish. They didn't go all the way through. They went in kind of crooked. So the hole is, I'll send you guys pictures of that too. So um, Denis at the DC Armory had some Lee Enfield parts in stock and he had a period correct site. So I decided, I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. Was I going to finish drilling and tapping that second hole and screw that site on correctly and just live with the target site? Or was I going to plug those holes and have the um, receiver reparkerized? And uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm off to Captain Andy's this weekend. We're going to drill those holes out, plug them with some steel rod, and then blend it and drop it in the parkerizing tank when I get home. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the wood is hard shape but it does have the canadian um approval stamp like the broad c on the uh, wrist of the grip uh, it has the original cleaning um pull through cleaning rope in there but not the oiler but i've got an oiler lined up i had a receiver cover there's a listener last year sometime mailed me a whole care package of milsurp stuff and there was a receiver cover in there that was a Canadian receiver cover. So that now lives on my long branch. Uh, big shout out to Mike Pospolita. He had a Savage marked receiver cover, which I put on my Savage Enfield. And um, in that box. Uh-oh. I think Trevor's ran out of. He ran out of uh, <laughs> energy. Yeah, he's stuck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right in the middle. That's it's a goodie. Well, that's a great way. Am I back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the in the box, there's another the, thing in the, the box. The computer is acting weird. It needs to restart because of updates and the fans coming on stuff. So mm-hmm. I think I froze when the fan came on. Yeah. Anyway, in the box was some Enfield slings. So now it's got a blue sling, and I don't know if that was Navy or Air Force, but anyway, I've got a sling for that for that uh, long branch. So it's going to look good when it's all put back together. So I didn't have 650 bucks on me, but what I did have was my NEA AR-15 that I built um, over the winter. The one that I got the the sweet deal on the barrel from, from Maple Ridge Armory, the one that Denise oh, yeah. quoted. Yeah, I built this thing up. It was so sweet. Um, but I got a lot of the stuff at a really good deal from Denise, so I didn't have a whole lot in it. And and a long branch typically costs more than six hundred and fifty bucks, and this one's in really good shape. The only thing was that site. That's what you know. The price was marked down because of that. So, but I know people who can fix these things. So, I traded the NEA for it straight up. Yep. Um, I spent most of the day at the shop yesterday, um, making fun of the new guy and working with Denis. Oh, you got working. a new employee, do you? Not me, Denis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somebody came in and I was wearing my DC Armory clothing. I had my my kind of like, not a hoodie, but anyway, he gave me this nice thing for Christmas, says DC Armory on it, and I had my DC Armory hat. And one of the guys yeah, comes in, he's it. like, uh, Trevor, you working here? I said, well, I used to be, but this prick took my job. <laughs> <laughs> Poor new guy. Poor new guy. But uh, yeah. Does he speak French? Oh, of course he speaks French, yeah. Everybody okay, around here. Good. Is, yeah, Does he have no, a pal? Uh, yeah, he's got a pal, and he, he's uh, waiting for his R pal to come in. He already took the and stuff. So yeah, so all the nice. ticky boxes. 
yeah, yeah. He's all sorted out and he's all big right. into reloading and stuff. He's going to learn more about IPSC and handguns, but he's got all the other bases covered. So he's, he's, he's a, uh, a tremendous asset to the shop as far as I'm concerned. So excellent. Yeah. But I was still able to poke around there yesterday and I did a couple of small jobs for Denise. So that was a lot of fun. It was good to be back in there. I hadn't been back in there since like it's been literally like probably like two months. So uh, I've been in there to buy stuff, but not to do any work. So it was cool. And then today my X-Metal order arrived. So huge shout out to Snuffy. He met me at Muffin's work and we loaded it all into my truck and into his car and took it home and put it away and started contacting people to tell them their stuff was in. And You know what? You have to admit you have some pretty good friends. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, they are way better friends to me than I am to them. I will be the first, <laughs> be the first to admit it. It seems like yeah. they never ask me for anything, but they're always like there when i need them it's, it's yep. pretty sweet so the better trevor no the other trevor he was the off doing trevor. like work stuff or whatever so he didn't earn any points today but he did yep. so he played with my head though right just as we're starting to load the truck i get a text from other trevor and he says your order come in yet and i'm like oh sweet he's not working he's gonna come help i'm like yeah man we're at jason's right now loading it up okay that's all I heard. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Thanks. Thanks for getting my hopes up. It was awesome. So, yeah. Um, all right. That's all I got. How about you, Adriel? Well, let's see here. I went to uh, Pistol Night on Saturday at Phoenix. Uh, that's good. I saw two listeners there, actually. There was uh, uh, Ted M., who you guys trained at the Ferlachi course. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And Tom O., and yep. uh He's one of my favorites too mm-hmm. yeah so we actually we squatted together which is kind of cool serious and uh yeah shot and we and they're both going to the crps match at Chaz. so we talked nice. crps and pistols and yeah the time so just you, flew so you've met tom and i have mm-hmm. not but I've lots. several times yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah uh let's see uh the match itself was uh was all right i I did pretty good. And then on the last stage, one of the guys was talking. They're like, yeah, on a stage like this, you need lots of points. I'm like, hmm, that guy knows more than I do. So I'm going to I'm gonna take my time on this one and like really get my hits. And I, I did. Do. And then that was my worst stage by far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, other, my other ones are all like pretty consistently good. And like that one was like, <laughs> yeah, I got my hits, but it just it was like it didn't feel any slower than normal. But it was I, I was I was taking too much time. And I should have uh, I should have pushed myself a little bit more, but uh, ah, whatever. It was fun. You were uh, you were taking time to, to get the shot off, right, and get it on yes. on target instead of yes. just shooting instinctually. Yes, and just okay. just flinging them away, kind of a thing. That's what that's usually how I usually shoot. Is usually um uh I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next, and I'm thinking about my targets and my foot placement and that kind of thing. And the shooting is doing itself. That's like, you know, you're driving on the highway and you like signal and turn that kind of thing. And you don't have to think about it. That's muscle that's memory. Most, that's called yeah, bubble. Bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. You're good at it. You're a good shooter. Just do it. Well, it helps if you don't think a lot and you just like, <laughs> and you can just zone out yeah. anyways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, I ordered a couple of XCRM mags from SFRC for my BCL 102. So mm-hmm. got a couple of those. Um, I had to o- update my the. So Trevor, you're asking me the other day, like, how do you set up payments on uh, on practice yes, score? We need to do that. Yeah, and uh, I would have given you bad advice last time because uh, oof, we uh, we opened 
We opened two of our matches and one went okay. And then the other one was under so much demand that our process process was uh, awful. Absolutely awful. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And uh, like 100% my fault. We, uh, uh, yeah, it was awful. Anyways. Okay. Fixed right it. On. So good. Now the, now the process is going to be much better. Um, practice score. There's like you can you can uh, uh, approve and then pay or you can just pay at registration. And now I've just set it up. Just pay at registration. Oh, really? I don't want to I don't want to do this approval thing. Yeah, because the approval thing, you have to ch- end up chasing people for money. Yep. You do approval. It goes up until it's registered. Ipsic does this. You wait a week and then you're like, hey, can you please pay us? And you got to wait a little bit and you got to check who didn't pay. This person didn't pay. OK, cut them out. Let open it up. Who is next on the wait list? Get some money from them. Chase them for money. Oh, that's bull crap. Just set it up so that they pay. And if they don't pay, they're not in. Well, yeah, that's what we tried doing. We we're saying like first paid first in. Uh, right. But if you do that with a, an approval process as well, it is a disaster. It well, is I go confusing in, and a mess. I go in and I manually approve them when I get their EMT. So I had, you know, 200 spots. Mm-hmm. The first 200 people to register got them. Yep. And then I emailed them all and said, now I need your money or you don't have a spot. So EMT start pouring in. So I get an EMT from Adriel. I go approve Adriel. A couple of weeks go by. Kelly, I'm holding a spot for you and I got no money. Are you coming or not? Because somebody will. That'd be a no. Oh, yep. my so. brother paid. It's probably under his name. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that it's it's always a mess trying to link those up as well. Well, one, th- I mean, I learned over the years, I ignore everything unless it comes directly to the gun club email. If you send me an email to my work email thinking you're jumping the queue, I delete those emails. Mm-hmm. I only do Rescuers Gun Club business through the Rescuers Gun Club email because otherwise it's exactly what you said. Oh, I sent it to your work email. Oh, I Facebooked you. I'm not keeping track of five or six different platforms. Yeah. No, it's yeah. club business, club email. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the process we're using now is you register and you have to pay when you register on practice score. Um, that's the only way you register. Everything else is automated. There is no approvals. As soon as you've paid and you're, you're, you're in, um, and all those spots go. And the problem is, like right now, our our three gun club is just it, it, we've just got too much demand. This is like uh, the Ipsic problem in uh, Ontario and some of the other more popular places, right? Where you open a a match up and it closes in in minutes, right? Or like thirty seconds, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we need a process that like works with that, and uh, and that's the hard part. Last year, I was I was thinking about this, like, man, this is this is not how last year went. And I and I went back and I looked at it, and it took us like two months to fill this this. Uh, one big match last year and this year it was like pff, it opened and it was it was closed and uh, anyways pay it register now if you do that with practice score there's no wait list you can't have pay it register and wait listing I don't have wait list yeah um, well, we're just going to go with no wait list yes yeah. uh, it, 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 it doesn't really make a lot of sense when you do pay it register anyways because you think about it pay it register and then what and then do you, people does don't the show next up. is that well no no like the the, the then what for the waitlist right so oh, let's okay. say one person says I want to withdraw and you're like cool you give them their money back now who gets that next spot how do you notify the next spot do you yeah. notify the twenty people on the waitlist hey there's one spot or do you notify the next person in the waitlist hey there's a spot so like that is that has to be configured somewhere and practice score I don't I don't think they've done it because uh, you can't have both of those things you can't have pay register and a waitlist so. Right. 
that's where we're going. Pay it register. <laughs> had to uh, had to do some testing with that to figure it out. And then your uh, uh, your people who are, who get uh, a free match, like your ROs or whatever, if if you do that, uh, you just send them a special code and they get in anytime that we that you want to, kind of a thing. Uh, let's see here. I got some Dawson sites for my Nork and my GSG. Meh, meh. Yeah. They're they're Dawson sites. Front they're, and rear. Uh, yes, the rear is the just the blacked out uh, back, ramp. Yeah. yeah, and the front one is uh, fiber. And that's the right height. I don't know yet. It's, this this, this is the GSG set that Dawson sells, so it should be the oh, right. Oh, perfect! Height. It's specific yeah. to that gun. It's specific to the gun, and nice. uh, it comes with a, like a lot of little cool tools and that kind of thing. It's got they bring like a little aluminum punch. Yeah. They have a nylon one because some of these uh, parts here might get screwed up. <laughs> Hit them with an aluminum one. one. Aluminum. They come with huh. gun oil, and they're like, "Hey, these are steel sights. You might want to oil them because you know." Holy, that's something new they're doing. Yeah, I've been buying Dawson sights for years. All I ever gets a stupid little punch. They come with a couple of extra fibers. Uh, yeah, in there they do too. that. Just after I ordered a whole bunch, now I've, I'm all flush with this stuff. Um, funny. Yeah, yeah. So I'll try that out some other time. You going out this weekend? I am, oh. but not to the range, so I won't be able to take any restricteds. Adriel, when you're done, I got something I forgot, okay? Okay. Uh, I got my ETS Glock mags. They came in from uh, yeah, Aztec Armory. Right here. They're clear. I put my base plates on. These are my okay. uh, my Glock base plates because the whole idea here is I'm going to use them with a Glock with a big mag. Well, you need a base plate to be able to put them in. They don't drop free, though, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see where they're kind of holding up and... Uh, See what I need to do to make them drop free. That's a pretty normal thing with mags is to screw around with them and see what you need to make them to do to drop free. So now it's between that and the shadow with the mag. Well, I don't really know which one I want to run yet, but I'll take them both to the range and take them try them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of the time that I've been spending right now has been prepping for this Epic 22 LR test that I want to do. Like I've mentioned it a couple of times in the show. I've got yep. 50 uh two different types of ammo and i've got about a dozen more weirder kinds of ammo uh, on the way um that'll just add into the test um so i think i'm going to bump it back to 50 yards with some at 100 uh so most of them at 50 yards okay T- uh, tested times three rifles for most of the ammo uh but, but what else i do i got so i'm going to do this out at my parents place because we got a little bit of space out there and uh, i don't have to wait for people to like set up targets and i'm going to set up my own target like a, a target line so i've got the uh, i'm stealing this idea off you guys for the for maple seed i've got a couple of those uh stake in plant holder kind of things from the dollar store and a bunch yep. of line so i'm going to make yep. a target line with a whole bunch of targets on it with uh clothesline clips on them That's and perfect. uh yeah yeah a shooting table to, yeah to go along yeah i've got a an anemometer anemometer a Animal. wind meter one of them things to check for wind uh because after i'm gonna do this test i'd like to like do some long range shooting so i want to try shooting 22 out to like you know 300 as as far as i can go basically basically try doing yeah. that yeah 425 425 yeah, 425 that's the one that they're going to that's the the challenge one yeah yeah Yeah. uh what else i got 
Uh, so Tommy, who's a friend of the show, he brought Mr. Me his, Uzi, Mr. Uzi, Mr. Uzi. Uh, he brought me his uh, Magneto. He borrowed speed. you, did he? I was going to cool. say, what is borrowed? Thank you, school teacher, for grammarizing me. Uh, <laughs> hey, Hello. Jewel might be listening. He lent me his uh, Magneto speed to test out and uh, uh, get right. speeds on. And then I talked to uh, Tom O, who uh, uh, at that match, and uh, he's going to borrow me his uh <laughs> even i know that's wrong he's gonna lend me his uh shooting crony and lab radar Sweet. so at the same time as i'm doing all this i'll be able to get like lots and lots of data and uh be able to compare some of the uh cronies out there <laughs> uh yeah, I just yeah. The last thing that you put <laughs> what's that nothing and then I, uh, I, I finally ma- mailed some patches and stickers out to you guys. Nice. <laughs> you said begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, yeah. Mm. No, not begrudgingly. Finally got around to it. Anyways, those are in the mail. Excellent, thanks. The checks in the mail, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, this 22 test. I'm hoping that the weather's good on Sunday, and because uh, I'm gonna need. You're going to need all day. four hours of just yeah. shooting. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a long day. Yep. Long day. Lots of ammo. I actually, and I shouldn't have done this. I calculated the cost of it and it's uh, right around. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, right around five to six hundred dollars worth of ammo. Wow. That's a lot of 22 ammo. <laughs> that is. You imagine being like, you know what? I'm going to buy five hundred dollars worth of 22 ammo. I'm going to go shoot it. I'm going to go shoot that $500 22 ammo. That's four hours worth of shooting. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully it's not longer because it doesn't get really long. Anyways, that's uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I waited oh, no, to... Hold on. i got to go back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Kevin, Kelly. Or, sorry. Yeah, Trevor. Right. Check this out, Adriel. So this is my FX9. And look what I put on the front of it. And I hope Derek's watching. Oh, yeah. You showed this before the show. Freaking laser beams, Derek. I'm laser. coming for you. No, it's laser. Laser. Laser beam, Derek. <laughs> I can't get you to say yipsick PCC match by freaking laser beams. Oh, God. Yeah. Does a laser beam put you in a different class? Where do no, man. There's no, there's no class or division. Classes A, B, C, D. Are they C, useful? B. Are they good? It's a laser, Adriel. Could you, like... I'm, I'm asking because I don't know. Dude, you uh, can um, could, could you put your gun around a corner? Yes. It's been oh. done. No, but what was done, Adriel? Guy didn't want to go prone, right? Uh-huh. So he just stuck the gun through the low port. No put way. The laser in the tra- yes way. <laughs> oh, man. There's so many ways you could break a stage doing this. Right? Oh. So hmm. the start position for PCC is oh, like God, this. Yeah. With the butt on the hip and the barrel or the muzzle parallel to the range floor. Well, you turn the freaking laser on, you put it on the first target and just go, (laughs) right? Just, just light it up from the hip. Bang, bang. And then continue. Yep. I'm excited. I I love how gamer that is. Now you need a, you need a a crisp single stage trigger on that thing. So you can really roll the targets and uh, yeah, I have a factory seven pound trigger. Now, if you shoot from the hip with the laser on and you've got like a really big close array, you could just bump. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> why why shoulder it? you don't have to shoulder it just leave it on your hip oh it's if you're like really close you day could... lucas mccain you know the rifleman there but I, with lasers, I have no idea what you're talking about oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay never mind all right there you go 
So the thing is, though, Adriel, when you shoulder the rifle, you still have to look through the optic. And when you're looking through the optic, I don't know if other people have this experience, but I can't tell that that's not the red dot from my optic. Oh. You know, if I take my head away from the rifle, obviously I can tell the red dot is a laser. But when I'm looking through the optic, it's no different than if I was... So just ditch the optic, get a set of rings, and put like a toilet paper tube on top there, and oh, save yourself yeah. some money. You don't need a you don't need a red no. dot. It's not doing That's anything. Right. See That's a right. circle. Yep, just a tube, just a tube. Yep. So uh, now we'll let's calm down, take a step back here. Next match, um, I will uh, go bug Captain Andy and ask him to. Bring me to Nat Chucks. It's not Nan Chucks. I've been corrected so many times, and he's actually like he's over it. Like if I say Nan Chucks one more time, he's gonna like stop listening to Slamfire. So Nat Chucks, um, we'll go there and zero this thing right and see what that's like. And uh, at different, uh, try to do different ranges and try to do the gun sideways uh-huh. uh, because with that laser on the bottom, that offset, you might get a different uh, different impact. And just knowing it would be really useful because then if you have to make that shot under a port and you have to throw it on its side, you'll know whether it's hitting that side or that side or what's going on. Yeah, right? that's a good. Yeah, that's interesting. I will. Uh, I will play. Oh uh, yeah, and you know what I'm gonna do? I uh, like in the movies, I'm gonna go for a kill shot, right? And I'll hold it sideways like this. Just like that. Well, the, the thing is, with the late, like, I didn't even think about that. With the laser, you can just, like, there's yeah. so many weird spots right. where you you could move or you could just, like, dangle the gun around the corner and <laughs> shoot it one-handed. <laughs> yeah. Low ports, I'm going to spank them. Mm. No more low ports. And and there's the match director, the last match, told me, like, he saw a guy do it. He didn't want to go down crouching through the port. He stuck the gun through the port and looked at the laser on the target and lit it up. <laughs> Oh, uh, brilliant. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, so thank you for that. I thought that was worthwhile. That's good for old people like you. <laughs> Kelly, you're <laughs> in your 50s. Shut up. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did I do this week in uh, guns? I went to SFRC on Saturday, chatted up with them, bought some ammo. And it's Saturday, so I went to SFRC. I also, on Saturday, went to Napanee Rod and Gun Club. I didn't go to the actual gun club, but I went to their conservation dinner, which they hold every year. It's in support of their youth program. So I went out and had prime rib dinner, and there was a whole bunch of guns there and all kinds of really, really cool things that I didn't want to think. It was kind of depressing, but it was still fun. I got to chat with some people again, the people from SFRC because they were there next year. We're going to make sure we're sitting at the right table together though. Cause was, I was sitting at a table where I didn't know anybody. And the next day, which is Sunday, I went to the Belleville gun show and we were at the CCFR booth and I worked the table with some new FOs and it was good. Cause I got to see everybody that was at the Napanee <laughs> conservation dinner the night before I got to see them at the gun show. It was awesome. And what else did I do? Oh, I met with Kelly Kincaid. So Kelly Square, I, I met with her. We're meeting up once a week or twice a week, whatever. Uh, and we met up and talked about some events that are coming up, like the Toronto Sportsman Show and TACCOM and some other things that are going to be going on. So we chatted about that. And then I also signed up for a steel challenge that's going to be happening at my range next month. And what else? Kind of steel challenge. It's a, it's not, it's an outlaw one. It's not really the steel challenge that you do. So it's going to be a fun shoot, basically. Kind of, uh, kind of divisions, like everything 
pistol, rifle, nope. twenty-two. Nope. Just pistol, no twenty-two rifle, and no uh, PP or no pistol carbines either. Hmm. So I was hoping, but no, it's just pistol. So I'll go shoot that. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to say is that with Maple Seed, we have a new sponsor on board. Gravel is on board, and they sent us a couple of rifles. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. And they also sent us a couple of cases of Remington bucket of bullets. So having to carry those up and down the stairs, it was great. Awesome. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Tracy Wilson complaining about the snow in Ottawa. But it was, yeah, Gravel's on board, and I just wanted to say thank you to them because they're pretty awesome. I found an interesting thing about Gravel. They have an e-commerce store, and they sell some stuff direct. Yeah, they do. Uh, Some stuff, not everything. So Correct, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that, though. (laughs) Yep. Some good people working at Gravel. They've always supported uh, the gun community, though. So if anybody does have an opportunity to go out and buy their stuff, they sell Marlins. They're the yeah Marlins. Yeah, they're not. A, they're not a retailer. They're a wholesaler. So you can't. No, they're they not. Also but sell. They, they. Well, yeah, they do sell some stuff. Just wanted to let you know that they're that they're one of our new sponsors for 2019. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right, well, we'll get to the uh, news. Uh, Nova Tactical. Did you want to talk about this one, Kelly? I think you added this one. Here. Yeah, I posted this one here. Just that, uh, I don't know. Were you guys aware that there were some issues at Nova Tactical recently with uh, somebody got hurt? Yeah, yeah. so um, the head uh, range master over there, we've had on the show. Yep, we have. Yeah, he was on the show when he was the president of um, the uh, UNB Firearms Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we spoke on the phone yesterday about this incident. It's it's very tragic. Yeah, I don't know what there the new the stuff that was in the news was uh, very wrong. <laughs> well, no, there's nothing in it. It just said that there right. was something okay. that happened that the police the police came. So I don't know. I don't know if I should be listening to some of the fodder that's on you know some of the gun pages, but. Uh, do you have a little bit more information or do you want to talk about it at all? No, nope, not going to share anything that okay. I'm going to talk about. I'll just tell you, like I said, the media is wrong and they're always okay. wrong. Great. So. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So just to let you know that there was an incident at uh, Nova Tactical. That's all. And okay. hopefully that uh, whoever was injured is uh, healing from it and doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, on to new gun stuff. Uh, okay. Magdump has Typhoon F12s for nine fifty, which I think is cheaper than they usually are. Yeah, seems a little like bit. Seems like they're right around thousand th- uh, bucks, so nine fifty is a bit cheaper. Or you could be a host on Slamfire Radio and have your drunk co-host ask for one for free <laughs> for you and your friends. And that's an option too. Yeah, that's how uh, you really get things people. done. Yeah. Hey. Start uh, a podcast. Get a drunken Kelly. I wasn't drunken. I was. On the oh, way. You're my way. <laughs> Don't you let got, the facts got get results. in the way of a good story. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you got results, Kelly. Yeah. Unorthodox, but you hey. got results. He <laughs> said, if you want anything. That's right. Yeah, let me know if I can help yeah. you guys out. Give us guns. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I run guns has, and I, I think these have been in the country, but not at this, not even close to this price. Uh, and it this would only really be for some people. The Caltech PMR30. This is their 22 Magnum pistol. 
Uh, Iron Guns has them in country for three ninety nine US, which is five thirty two Canadian. They have been in country, but they've been like s- closer to seven hundred, which is pretty pricey for a plastic uh, twenty two. Keltec, and it's a twenty two. It's a it twenty two cool Magnum, if- and it's supposed to hold thirty rounds. Yeah. So why God? Cool. What's the point of having? First of all, the only point of having this gun is if you live in a free state. And can and can actually utilize it to its capacity of thirty rounds. That's the only reason for owning this. The novelty of thirty rounds of twenty-two magnum. And here we are in Canada. Ooh, I want a ten-round twenty-two magnum plastic gun. No, no, I don't though. What if you want to target shoot at medium range, and your twenty-two LR pistol is like <laughs> rainbowing out there? Then oh, maybe it's better. Boy. Yeah, then you get true fact. All right uh sfrc they got a bunch of zev stuff back in stock uh so if you're looking for zev uh glock stuff to pimp your glock check out sfrc bring back Uh, the solid brass magwell the most awesome gun store ever well besides you know calgary Calgary shooting Shooting center and dc armory Armory. their sponsors (laughs) (laughs) the most awesome gun store that doesn't sponsor us hey they sponsor us a lot because they've you know Helped us out with a lot of things like you know bonus online. They've helped us. Never mind. Go ahead. No, yeah. seriously, they they coughed up prizes for our uh, bonus not alone in yeah. a big big way. They've been good to us. They've been very very good to us. Just saying. Yep. Uh, let's see. True North Arms is selling some Overstock Magpul slings and some Maple Ridge stuff. There was one. Maple Ridge. Kind of Maple Ridge. Stuff. Uh, four ends that are closeouts, and then they had some uppers with the like four ends. Yeah, handguards. So if you're looking for a handguard, they had some for the Maple Ridge handguards are the bomb. I've got two of them, and I'm just desperately waiting for them to get their AR-10 handguard out so I can get one for my stag. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, they got some for sale. Uh, Tenda is selling their barn all. And I haven't really been paying attention to the price of non-corrosive, like new commercial 762 by 39, but they've got some barn all stuff for 379 per thousand, which is That's pretty cheap bad. as far as like non-corrosive. Yep. Yeah. Western Metal has uh, Magneto Speeds on sale. So if you're looking for a Magneto Speed, they've got those on sale. What's a Magneto Speed? <coughs> Give me one second. That's something that you're going to be using. <clears throat> To test your 22LR ammo. This is a magneto speed. <laughs> Which doesn't help people who are uh, who are listening, but essentially it is a uh, it's a, a, a chronograph, chronograph, that, chronograph your barrel. Yeah. That, that straps onto your barrel and detects the magnetic disturbance of the bullet going over top. Which bullets aren't yeah. magnetic. Okay, what well, uh, you tell me how it works. <laughs> you're you're a school teacher. How does this thing work? What kind of science pixie fairy dust do they got? Who in this did thing? you borrow that from? Tommy Uzi. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Uzi. Yeah. yeah. Um so the advantage to something like this is that if you go to an indoor range, you don't have to like futz around with trying to get a crony out in front of the gun. Um they're pretty compact. They like stick on the gun, so it's not like a uh, like the rate, the lab radar, which is a little bit bigger and, and needs a little bit more space or the crony that you have to put in front and, you know, put bullets into. And uh, yeah, so it's a very accurate way of, uh, of doing that there. That's what a shooting crony. Is. I will get a review of one up shortly. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you got these things for sale. 
they're right around the $500 mark for the V3. Uh, there's the Sporter, which I think is around just under 300 Okay. Moving on. Oh, did you guys know that Savage has a 64 takedown? I didn't know this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Trevor, you're still muted. Unaware. Um, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. Unaware. Yeah. I, I didn't know that such a thing existed, but it does. And they're 329 that's a good price for a takedown. It's a good price for a takedown. I, like I, I'm not a really big fan of the Savage 64. I just like the the mag catch on it is silly and and I just I just don't like it. Um, yep. But it's cheap. This is the cheapest takedown semi-auto 22 you can get. Ryan Holyoke just picked up a Savage 64 with a heavy barrel in like what looks it's like a, a McMillan stock. Oh yeah, accurate. amazing. He's been showing and, his targets. It's so, yeah. The awesome. Squire has one too. Same thing. Really nice. Really accurate. But I'm with you, Adriel. The manual of arms and the whole mechanism and stuff. Yeah. Anywho, the uh, International Shooting Supplies has those in their 329. And that's, you're not going to get a papoose or a 1022 takedown for that. You're not. No, nope. not takedown. Nope. 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 Uh, let's see. Last one. Al Flaherty's has Lake City 308 for 379 per thousand. No. Sweet. Per five hundred, per five hundred, per thousand. I'd be crazy for three hundred eight. <laughs> Still quite a bit less than a buck a buck around though, and uh, that's for decent three hundred eight. So yeah, you got, if you have a, a BCL or if you have a stag that's uh, and you're looking for cheap food for it, there you go. All right, why don't we move on to the main topic? Hey everyone, we would like to bring on Doug and Monty. Both, uh, Mon- actually, Monty, uh, he contacted the show and said that he's a listener and he'd like to come on and talk to us or ask us some questions about uh, adaptive adaptive shooting. And I thought, you know what? You I thought, somebody- we're sorry, Monty. <laughs> I thought, you know what? There's somebody that we should also get on. His name is Doug. Doug, uh, I'm going to get you guys to introduce yourselves because you guys are freaking awesome. Uh, but we want to... We want to get you to introduce yourself with respect to what type of shooting you do and uh, and uh, with respect to adaptive shooting, um, what is the disability or where, um, where uh, yeah, basically that. So Monty, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what type of shooting you do. A little bit of history about yourself first. Okay. So I guess, first of all, my name is Monty Delgleish. And I, I mainly do USPSA and three-gun shooting. Uh, I've done a little bit of IPSC shooting years ago, and uh, mainly just action-type shooting. Um, with respect to um, the adaptive part of it, I am a, see, I'm classed as a single-leg, above-knee amputee um, because I lost my leg through the knee. So I have the rounded part of my thigh, and that's it. Everything else is hardware. Okay. Doug, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, stuff that you've been doing recently as sure. well? Sure. I'm Doug Blesson. I've uh, been a member of the Canadian National Paralympic shooting team for prior to London 2012. I went to the London Games and the Rio Games, and I'm aiming to make the Tokyo Games as well. I just recently got back from uh, a week-long uh, training camp in Germany at the beginning of February. Uh, I left the house on February the 2nd 
And then uh, after a week, I went to uh, flew to Dubai for two weeks for a World Cup competition uh, and just arrived back home on the 26th or the 27th and uh, placed 10th in that last competition. And uh, and I missed <laughs> I missed my Paralympic spot by half a point in my very no. last shot. So so, but I'm gonna try again in October when I go to Australia for another World Cup. So okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so Monty contacted the show. Monty, do you want to tell us why you contacted the show and asked us about doing the program or as a uh, episode about this? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, how the genesis of this started was I've been going to competitions both uh, this side of the border and in the States. And I compete right against alongside perfectly able body uh, competitors, which, you know, for the most part is okay. But with the type of shooting I do, it, it's, it's, uh, there's other challenges there. Um, and I can't thought to myself, I can't be the only one. <laughs> and right. when I, when I inquired, um, at several matches about, okay, how, how can, how can you make this fair for myself and everyone else? Um, kind of got the, the cricket thing back or the, well, <laughs> just shoot to have fun. Um, you know, which is, which sounds awesome, but I don't put the work into shooting and training and everything else just to go and have fun. So an example of, of what I'm kind of talking about would be one match I went to was actually run they were two state, uh, two stages on, or sorry, one stage on split between two bays. So you had to shoot part of the stage on one bay, run over to the next shooting bay, and continue on having to can go. I, trigger. Can I jump in? That was that was a three gun match, right? That was a three gun match. Um, yeah. Actually, that was down in the states. This one. Yeah. Um, and I had suggested, you know, hey, time me normally. Uh, when I'm in each bay and then give me an average time for movement between the two, um, just to make it fair to everyone else. And it just, I didn't get a lot of positive feedback on that. Was it, what rule set were they running? Was it just an outlaw match or was it a sanctioned USPSA? No, no, no. It was an outlaw match. Oh yeah. That's why they don't know how to handle that stuff. There's no provision. You ask them to think, how dare you? My God, <laughs> throw them, throw them yeah. right off. Well, that, and you know, even uh, I've sent out a couple messages to the USPSA and IPSC and, you know, in their defense, I haven't heard anything back as of yet. So I, a lot of what I get uh, the feeling of is it's not, they don't want to make provisions or adaptations. They don't know how to. Right. right. But it's, it's, it's in the rules already and has been for some time, 10.2.10 special penalty, a competitor unable to fully execute any part of a course of fire due to incapacity or injury may prior to making his attempt at the course of fire request that the range master apply a penalty in lieu of the stated course requirement, which is what you asked for at this three gun match. So if the request is approved by a range master, that's 10.2.10.1, he must state in advance of the competitor attempting the course of fire, the extent of the penalty which ranges from 1% to 20% of the competitor's points as shot to be deducted. So after you're done your your course, if you scored 100 points, depending on 
on the amount of quote unquote advantage. And obviously I'm using air quotes here that you got by circumventing the procedure. They would, the range master uses discretion and says, okay, well you had a huge advantage by not stepping around this wall. So I'm going to give you the full 20 or you only got, you literally got no advantage. So I'm not even going to give you any penalty or I'm going to give you 1%. So this is, yeah, this, and I kind of, I kind of got that a bit when I went down and competed in the uh, Ohio State three gun match last year. Yep. Bas basically, what they said was on, regardless of the stage, uh, if I couldn't do something, I would just get half a procedural penalty time wise. It's not but, a procedural though, because you're not. And see, and see, this is my fight. The other thing is too it's is not that a fight, especially on some of their jungle runs. I would time out because it's a two minute time maximum eh. and not, and not being able to run or not being able to run on uneven ground. Uh, again, I would, I would max out, I'd bust the time limit and then max out on penalties. Um, yeah. You're, you're always going to run into some confusion at unsanctioned matches because they don't have a steadfast system in place, like a sanctioned Ipsic match with an experienced range master. You should be running into zero issue at Ipsic matches if the people there um, can read because it's in the rule book. But the problem is you're going to need to know the rule book better than them. You're going to yeah. need to direct them and in some cases direct the range master and explain the procedure mm -hmm. to them because it's like flying with a gun. The, 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 the agent behind the counter doesn't do it every day, so they don't know what it is. So you need to know the rules better than they do. So... That's for sure. That's a yeah, good yeah. way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I'm I'm perfectly willing to do that. But I mean, even even up here, when I've when I've spoken to some pretty experienced Ipsic shooters up here, um, you know, I I get usually get the whole, you know, they fall back on the well, just come out and have fun. Don't be competitive. Well, well, that's they, why we do this. Are they an experienced Ipsic shooter? Or are they an experienced Ipsic official, like a no, range master? Um, well, they're both grandmasters. Well, that doesn't so mean they know the rules. Shoot. That means no, they can no, they're shoot. experienced shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and part of this is that the direction I'm going to be going into is I'm going to redo my black badge again because I've done it three or four times and I've let it lapse. But I might just end up going through the whole system and becoming an RO and then kind of forcing this issue that way. You don't have to become an RO to force it. You just have to pull out the rule book and ask to speak to the range master. And all of this is supposed to be determined prior to your run. Not, 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 not go ahead and we'll figure it out afterwards. He's got to look you in the eye and say, this is the percentage of penalty I'm giving you. And this is why go. Yeah. And I, and for the most part, I'd be fine with that. Um, again, though, I think it's just a matter of them not knowing, going back That's to right. your analogy. They totally of, don't of the know. Ticket agents. Nope, so totally I don't, don't want to be, I don't want to be, just the guy that waves his hand going, Hey, there's a problem. I want to be part of that solution. And there is a solution. There. Oh, and, and that's and, knowing the rule book. Yeah. Right? Knowing yeah. the rule book and the attitude that you take to it, you have to um, be willing to accept the fact that they don't know and they may not like being told. So it's all in your delivery. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you obviously don't want to come across as somebody who's, you know, causing problems for the match officials and stuff. But here's the thing, like, if we didn't want differently abled people shooting our sport, 
we wouldn't have a provision for it in our rules. The right. provision is there to accommodate other people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, now usually when I do go to a match, um, I will days in advance yep. send a message to the match director saying, you know, explaining that, yes, I am an, uh, an adaptive shooter and trying to come up with something. And in most cases, I get the, we'll figure it out. Come on down. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, no problem. We're going to apply rule 10 point, whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah. But again, that's only if it's a sanctioned IPSC match. Right. If you're going to outlaw three gun matches, don't expect much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got to go through the USPSA uh, rule book as well. Um, Cause I shoot that a fair, fair amount. Right. Well, keep in mind, USPSA is simply the American region for IPSC. IPSC yeah. has, you know, the country is referred to as the region. And in in United States, you can shoot an IPSC match or you can shoot a, USP, a USPSA match. But USPSA is still governed by IPSC. So the rule books are incredibly similar. So you should have no problem finding it in the USPSA rule book. Yep. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that the especially shooting down the States, you know, e even talking with uh, industry uh, companies and stuff, I've got nothing but support from a couple of very large companies that, awesome. that are great with it. I mean, you know, the, the guys at shot stop are like, yeah, Hey, come down. What do you need? How can we help you out? And it's, uh, it's very encouraging. Um, I've also been to a couple of matches where I've had people or even a practice where I've had people spectating and going, I can't do what you do because I'm disabled. Well, then I lift the pant leg up and I'm like, yeah, you think you got issues. Let's go. <laughs> right. Here's, yep. here's some gear. Here's some gear. I'm going to be right here with you and expose them out to the sport to get it to grow. How do you do with stairs? Uh, slowly. Okay. Cause we have one, one prop at my, at my ring. I don't know if you've ever looked up any of the SummerSlam from Mercedes gun club videos. Really, really physical matches. We're running up and down stairs on the two-story platform. We've got a maze. We've got a lobster boat. Um, you may be lying in a bunk in a cabin on a lobster boat and have to come out and engage targets through the window. But probably the most challenging thing would be the prop we call the house, which is literally a two-story platform. And the second story is seven feet off the ground. There's like 14 steps that you have to climb to get up there. So that would be a conversation before you started that. Right. That, oh, that stage for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not just a, a question of mobility. It's a question of mobility and safety. Mm -hmm. Well, there's railings, right. but still. No, I don't mean, I don't mean safety so much for me from falling, but you know, going upstairs with a firearm in your yeah, hand. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd, you'd reholster and holster yeah. and draw. You're going to get in the top. Yep. I mean, it's Duh. doable. It's, it's, it's not something you can't do. Perfect. Doug, why don't we bring you into the conversation? Sure. Uh, you have some experience, international experience as well. What is some of your advice or what are some of your experiences that you've had to deal with uh, as well as advice for Monty as well, because he's trying to navigate through this. Well, in terms of uh, issues that I may have had that are similar to his is really, to be honest, next to none, because, you know, the IPC is like a huge organization. They send people ahead of time to check things out. We have different disability classes. So if, uh, you know, they gauge your disability and they put you in one of two categories and then you have, um, 
uh, within those two categories, different levels of, of uh, disability. And there are um, different things that you must do or, or, you know, can or cannot do uh, in terms of your disability to make it like an even playing field for everybody in that particular disability class. So I really don't get any advice, um, like any issues in regards to my disability because it's, I'm competing against the disabled. The interesting thing though, is I'm in a wheelchair. I'm actually uh, quadriplegic, which most people wouldn't think I am. I'm a the, most people think I'm a paraplegic because I have uh, use of my hands, but uh, quadriplegic, I broke my C6, C7, and uh, I sit in a wheelchair all day. And um, uh, I'm in the, what's called the SH2 class. So SH1, SH2. So SH1 would be less disabled, SH2 more disabled. And But actually, Monty and I would actually compete in the same category. Class? Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, well, no, actually, no. Let's say if Monty had uh, an amputated arm, him and I would compete in the same disability class. Okay. So f- at where the, uh, the things that I shoot are really, there's a huge rule book. You've got to go through it all, and you've got to know it all. And, uh, but y- I almost never have to pull any of that out because – we go through equipment checks. They know what your disability is beforehand. It's all, you're all categorized. You essentially just show up and then you shoot your match in your own category. So. Okay. So if you're shooting against somebody else who is able-bodied, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are the adaptations for you? Well, are- I shoot in uh, three different uh events i shoot in a standing event and i'll put air quotes around that i shoot in a prone event and i'll put air quotes around that and then i shoot uh a prone small bore event so um with my let's just talk about prone in particular I, i have to shoot so instead of actually laying on the ground i actually have a table let me just uh i can actually i think i can reach it with my headphones on i have a table Okay. This thing that I uh, had made up custom and it attaches to my chair and uh, I'm able to put my elbows on it and shoot from like shooting in a prone position like this. And uh, if I would be shooting against somebody who has no disability or even like Monty, he would be laying on the ground, but he would also have the option to shoot like this as well. Okay. And, um, I actually shoot off a spring. So I've got like a monopod that attaches to the table. There's like this uh, receiver in the middle and uh, it sits on, it's, it's almost like a bipod uh, except it has a bit of wobble to it. The spring is a very highly calibrated piece of equipment and it's supposed to mimic the same amount of uh, movement uh, that uh, the average person would have if they didn't have the disability that I have. So, okay. so all this equipment is uh, it's, Checked, verified. Yes. Beforehand, yeah. right? Every every time you have to go through equipment check, it's like an entire day process right. for for everybody who's at the event. And you're somebody who, so when you go to these events, the people that are there, the people that are uh, running the events, they are familiar with the rule books, they're familiar with everything, but you are also somebody who's familiar with the, you know, the yeah. rules around your shooting as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Highly organized. 
highly organized. I know the Ipsic and the uh, those guys. It's I wouldn't say it's a new sport, but it's not regulated at like the same high level as the stuff that I do. So it is. I mean, they have paid uh, judges. They have paid uh, equipment checkers. They they fly these people all over the world. It's an international event. It's it's very very. I mean, the Paralympics is the third largest sporting event in the world next to uh, the Olympics and the world cups of soccer. So uh, this is a huge organization. And if everything doesn't have a rule, if there's something that doesn't have a rule, trust me, they'll make a rule for it quick. (laughs) So um, one of the things I wanted to know, well, we have a lot of people who are not a lot of people, but a handful of people who are listeners or friends of the show who are adaptive shooters. They're sure. either in wheelchairs or there are people who have uh, disabilities, for example, with uh, sight. Uh, what is, do you know what the percentage or do either of you know what the percentage of uh, participants in the sport are that actually do have a, some sort of disability? Uh, if you're, you know? talking to me everybody in my category has a disability right okay but i'm talking about overall like for example i think you're trying you're trying to compare like the overall numbers of of uh adaptive shooters versus uh non-adaptive shooters right so how how many shooters do you guys get out to a match like maybe that's a better question okay Okay, so, so yeah we have about 42 different countries that came to the last one and uh, in my disability class, there was three relays and an elimination. And that was 42 competitors times two. Yeah, so it's over 80 competitors in just one match. Okay. For myself, yeah. there's a bunch of other different events and classes, right? So I okay. think there was well over 400 people there. Okay, so that's like the world's, right? It's massive, yeah. Yeah. So, Monty, how many people do you come across in events where who also are adaptive shooters? Um, well, at the the Ohio Three Gun, there was 120, 132 shooters, I think, and I was it. Okay. Um, up here in Canada, there's been a couple matches I've gone to where it's just been myself and maybe one other person. So. It's it's rare, but I think part of that is oh, people just don't know that they can do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like the playing field, right? It levels it out, right? If you can make some sort of adaptation, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter what sex you are. It doesn't matter, like, as I said, if you can make some sort of an adaptation, everybody can go out and shoot. Yeah, the hole in the target doesn't lie. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Right. So what types of, like, are you seeing, one of the questions I had with respect to ranges. So what advice do you have to ranges to make it more accessible for shooters to get out there? Like, I'm assuming, Doug, you're going to a range that's pretty high tech that is quite accessible, right? Yeah, it's called my house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We also, it's two different, two, two different, um, two different issues here. Right. Making a range accessible and making a competitive sport adaptable. Well, it's accessible as well. So, but getting people out and getting them shooting, there's going to be more people out there shooting if they're able to get to the range. How do you you make anything adaptable or, you know, ramps and 
level yeah. ground and stuff. Well, and you, and you say that, but um, what might be adaptable for Doug is actually an impediment for me. A ramp for me going down a ramp yeah. is is difficult, right? Yeah. Um, there's two mat or two ranges that I shoot at here in Ontario. One of them is Silverdale, and the other one is uh, Urban Tactical out in Brantford. Both of them are fully wheelchair accessible. Um, so having shooters come out, and we've had actually at Silverdale years ago, we had a gentleman who was completely quadriplegic, who we modified his wheelchair rig so he could not only shoot, but go out with someone and hunt. And for him, that was the the best thing that anyone's ever done for him. Awesome. The, so the what I have is always going out to change my targets because it's always either in the dirt or gravel yeah. and then or sand and sand, yeah. dirt and gravel and wheelchairs don't mix. So I'm always asking someone to change yep. my targets for me. So which is not a problem. I'm I'm used to uh, asking for help. So all the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I still RO and stuff and, and the same thing, but it's. Yeah, I'm not really walking the 200 yards down when I'm shooting uh, my long guns to go change targets a lot. You're asking, yeah, asking for help. What advice do you have for somebody who uh, maybe does have a, a disability but maybe wants to try out the sport? Come out. Come out, try it out. Um, if I'm around, like if you come out to one of the ranges I'm at and you're new, if I got time, I'll spend all day with you. I don't care. The more, the merrier. Doug, what about you? I would, I would echo that, um, at, uh, this level, it's, it's a little bit different. The, you can't just come with any gun and, and, uh, and I probably would have let you shoot on my electronic targets <laughs> because <laughs> if you're not very precise. It's a few thousand dollars down the drain. It's all computerized and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I could very easily teach somebody to shoot tens and shoot tens on a regular basis. If, if they have the motivation to come and uh, come and try it out and, you know, with a disability, even something like traveling can be uh, yeah. a real uh, difficulty. You have no idea what it's like to get on a plane from a wheelchair. And, and, you know, when I fly to Australia next year or later in the year in October, it's a, it's a 15, 16 hour flight. Well, if you can't walk and you can't get up and stretch your legs, you know, or, you know, yep. you prepare ahead of time. If you, you don't go to the bathroom unless you really, really have to, right? You pre prepare well ahead, all that kind of stuff. So you got to be willing to uh, go through a little bit of discomfort to right. uh, to get the glory. Let's put it that way. Do you want to show your your uh, rifle as well that you you use? Yeah. It's kind of kind of yeah, sweet. I want to see that thing. <laughs> that yeah. is that cool. Is, that yeah. is awesome. It's pretty awesome. Where's now, the scope on it, though? Oh, there's no scope. It's open sights. <laughs> yeah, those are open sights. Stop. That's, that is, no, that's, there's no magnification in Very this open. at all. This is just a lens because I have bad eyesight. Yeah. And uh, essentially just a, an adjustable aperture. Yeah. And there's a front sight. Let me just put this up to the camera. I'm not intending to point this at anybody, but if you can see that little circle in there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That uh, matches up with the size of... The, the black area on the target, which is down from a six to a 10. And you essentially have to hold that as still as you can and don't move anything except for your trigger finger. And you'll probably hit a 10. I used to do the same with my archery. I would set the dot up in my scope, 
to yeah. cover just the inside of the ten ring and then just leave it sitting there. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what do they say? So, Aim small, miss small, right? No, I don't miss. Small. Aim small, hit small. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just so, so Kelly, you were you were uh, asking about you know people wanting to to come out and try it, mm-hmm. try shooting. Um, one of the things to kind of that end is in early November, I went down to the six hour Academy and got my, uh, pistol instructors, nice. okay. five day course. Um, there was 17 of us in the class, nine of us passed the shooting call at the end. And I was the only non-law enforcement person in there. And I was the first disabled person to do it. Yeah, when absolutely. did you do this? Uh, November. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it, and, and to be honest with the instructors and, and everyone else, I had a, I had an absolute great time. Some of the, there was some sketchy incidents. Um, what we would term as sketchy up here, which is totally normal down there. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. yep. <laughs> just, just weird things. Like, you know, when you go to the, into the six hour Academy store, um, technically you're still on the range so you can carry. Yeah. Uh, you know, yep. it's just weird. Yeah, when I took Different. Mag 40, we're sitting in class and all the students have a loaded gun on their hip in the classroom. Yep. Yep. Down in the U.S., it's, you know, you get open carry. Open carry. Well, or, they don't they don't say live free or die on their license plate for nothing, I guess. Yeah. You bet. Ohio. I love that state. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wrap things up. Any final words for anybody or any other questions that uh, either Trevor or Adriel has? I would uh, also show you my small bore rifle. Oh, yeah, uh, bring that up. Well, if I had it, do you know Ryan oh. Stacy at International Barrels? We you do. Bet. He's mm-hmm. putting a new one on my uh, small bore for me. So, oh, nice. so what's that? If that's not small bore, yes. this is my <laughs> air rifle. Oh, yes. Yeah. I fill it so, with uh, this tank back here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yep. Ah. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I actually say- just opened this door over here. And uh, shoot down the hall into my bedroom. Yeah, that's, that's why you said your house is your range. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It's a perfect 10 meters. And uh, perfect. It, it works out perfectly for me. Awesome. Yeah. So, Doug, when you say small bore, you mean what, what calibers are you shooting? 22 and 32 or? 22 LR, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, I just wanted to, I just want to thank everyone for, uh, you know, doing this and, and, putting this together because i know it's not just something you do winging it off the cuff on a weekly basis so no that's exactly what we do yeah, <laughs> yeah. you watch the you show make it right like, <laughs> yeah i watch we've been making it up as we go for so long it we actually come off looking prepared it's 10 years hasn't hasn't it been 10 years wow. i don't know who can who knows these things we're coming up on 300th episode yeah yep wow yeah so yeah what we're going to do is we're going to cheer for you as you go down to Australia, Doug, right? You. Absolutely. You're, you're going to get it. I know this. Yeah. We have every faith. No pressure. <laughs> don't drink Foster's or they'll know you're a come from away. <laughs> I don't drink until after my competitions are over. So good man. All right. Yeah. Well, All I try right. not to anyways. If you go to Brazil, they've got some good beers down there and, well, it's Brazil. Come on. Do yeah. they do testing? Yeah. What happens if they find like a little alcohol in your system? Is that like a doping violation? I'll tell you. Uh, when I went to the Paralympics in Rio, mm-hmm. uh, they were so lacking in the money department. At my event, there was no doping testing at all. 
No. Bring on the beta blockers. (laughs) Nobody knew that ahead of time, though. So that's Uh, why you carry them with you at all times. Yeah, right. I thought you were a pro at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor planning leads to piss poor performance. You got to keep that stuff Absolutely. in your range bag. Right. No, right. just get someone else to piss in the cup. You got it all wrong, Trevor. <laughs> that too. Actually, no, you, you, Adriel, I've been involved in that at the World Cup in that, and they actually they watch her enter the cup. There's no, no one can pee for you. You better Trust not pee. Trust me. Uh, yeah. I've been tested quite a few times, and they knock on your door at six o'clock in the morning. And it's usually already after you've gone to the bathroom. <laughs> Naturally. Oh, yeah. And then they got to sit around in your house for an hour, an hour and a half while you drink bottles that, of water. Can and, you imagine being the person paid to watch somebody pee for doping? Two hours. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Worst, yeah, worst that, job the last ever. time, uh, the last no. time I got doping tested, it, it was here at the house on, it was, uh, I believe, family day at 6 a.m. They knocked on the door and I had just gotten up about. 10 minutes before they that. don't tell you they're coming no no they can or, when you're so, in the system they yeah. show up whenever they want yeah 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 and uh yeah I, they sat around in my house for two hours while i drank water <laughs> i think i would totally just make absolutely uncomfortable eye contact the whole time Heck oh yeah. no they're not like that they're super nice and, oh come on you guys can't pee on command yeah <laughs> come on no no <laughs> performance anxiety yet yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all right all right guys well yeah on that note let's uh yeah, let's, end on p let's land on all right thank all you right. very much both of you for coming no thanks guys and no doug i'll uh i'll get a hold of you later okay okay sounds good all right thanks guys later thanks for having me on later Thanks again, Doug and Monty, for coming on and letting us know all about adaptive shooting. Uh, listener feedback. Listener feedback is... Uh, oh, wait, first, let's do the YouTube one. Uh, have you guys been watching YouTube? Do we have any questions on there? Uh, it's been pretty really? quiet. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, I've been chatting on... go to. <laughs> nope. okay. Thank you. Sorry, cool. guys. All right. No, I'll there hasn't on. been anything, really. Cool. I'll get on to uh, listener feedback then. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Trevor, do you want to take this first one from James B.? All right. Um, Sack on fire crew from James B, (laughs) AKA ginger snaps. The older you get, the more professional experience you get under your belt. The more you realize that everyone is faking it and everything is on the verge of falling apart. It's true. FYI, the fans, FYI, the fans. I just wanted to tell you that Trevor carries around more accessories than Jennifer Lopez. You know what this harkens back to? What? A time when, um, uh, what was that? Uh, McDirt? McDirty? What was that guy who used to? Yeah, McDirt. McDirt. Yeah. yeah, he used to write into Canadian Reload Radio all the time. This is basically the new that, only maybe worse, because at least McDirty was funny. And this yeah. is less often. Yeah. McDirt, McDirt was more often. 
Yeah. 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 Kelly, did you want to take this next one from Phil? Really? Oh, okay. So from Phil, hello. I was just listening to you the first Slamfire podcast today and wanted to let you know how much it rocks. You did say rocks in capital letters, so I really say it. Thank you. I've been I've been a shooter for over 50 years, as long as Trevor. <laughs> now I love our sport. I didn't compete any longer. I don't compete any longer as I'm a wheelchair. See, this is perfect as I'm uh, in a wheelchair and have a few limitations. So recreational shooting is my thing now. I shoot weekly at Urban Tactical in uh, Brantford, Ontario. And I'm good friends with Canadian uh, Canadian Gun Vault, uh, Mark Morelli, who, puts me, who put me onto the podcast. I will be thanking him when I see him this weekend. I'm most grateful to people like you that are spreading the word about legal fire, legal firearms ownership and our sport. Again, I'm so thankful for your podcast and I wish uh, I had known about you long ago. Great work and a fantastic interview with Mark. Uh, and he signs it off, Phil. So thank you, Phil. That was, awesome. that was really, really nice. And it's perfect. You know, we're doing adaptive perfect shooting. Timing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, perfect timing. All right. If you'd like to email the show, you send us an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Um, Gingersnap sent us another one. I didn't. We're we going to yeah, skip it? I'd be happy if we skipped it. No, let's put it in. I didn't have time to put All it right, in. All right. Hold on. I'll go okay. get it. From James Bork, Lipstick on a Pig. After the Norinco 1911 debacle, I never thought Trevor would go through it again. But here we go again. Trading an AR-15 for, quotation marks, parkerized Lee Enfield. Trevor's words, not mine. We all know Lee Enfields were not parkerized. They were finished in Sunkerite 259, and it's Lee Enfield, the ammunition. And it's a Lee Enfield. The ammunition costs more than the gun. Well, here we go again. I ask why, Trevor. Have you been eating the crayons again? Keep your pick in nice, James Bork. I don't think that was what he was saying, really. No, that's literally, I wrote what he, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's not what he was saying, but he wrote the words, keep your pick in nice. That's not what cool. he was saying. Yeah. No, nope, that's what he no. said. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you for reading that, Trevor. We're uh, all grateful that you wrote that, that, that you read that read email. Read it as he wrote it. He's watching. At no time <laughs> throughout any of those incoherent ramblings, did James come close to formulating what could be construed as a coherent thought? We are all dumber <laughs> for having listened to that email. I award James no points and may God have mercy on his soul. Oh man, you did that. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. All right. Uh, if you'd like to send an incoherent email to the show, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll butcher it on air for you, or uh, read it maybe, or change it uh, to how we see fit. We'll do it with lasers. Yeah, with lasers. <laughs> lasers. Uh, podcast app reviews, none this week. But if you'd like to, head on over to iTunes or whatever podcasting app you listen to us on and uh, give us a rating on there. Usually helps out with uh, getting us more listeners and helping uh, people find the show. Exposure. Exposure. Not like that time at the bus stop. A different kind of exposure. Okay. That time at the bus stop with all the kids that were driving by. And yeah. Uh, shout out. There was Trevor. James getting some exposure. <laughs> getting some exposure. Giving some exposure. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, do you have any shout outs? 
If I did, they'd be written down. Thank you for asking. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to ask you anyways. I guess next time I won't. And if you try to put anything in, I will not let you. I will support that a thousand percent. Uh, I got a shout out uh, to Mr. Uzi for the Magneto Speed and some ammo and Tom O for the Lab Radar and ammo because now I get to do this epic, massively huge test. It's going to be awesome. You have to epic. film the whole thing. Four hours. I'm going to fill a bucket with all the, the empty brass that's coming off this thing. <laughs> Spend time and money to find out things you already know. Mm, but sometimes someone's got to do it because who's really done like a... Uh, 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 an accuracy test of this scale has no one because it doesn't matter. It's 22. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Damn it. Some, some people want to know. I so want to know. I already know that the SK is going to be awesome in my rifle though. So yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be fun. I'll get to shoot lots 22. Kelly, how about you? I just wanted to say thank you to Monty and Doug for coming on again, but I also wanted to say Rob B. Thanks for coming back and being a patroni and uh, you know, listening from down under very cool that's it patreon supporters we have 87 of those uh new patreons we have sean h who's uh sponsoring us for two dollars and 23 cents or 223 Stephen mm-hmm. a is uh sponsoring us same caliber kind of in metric yeah. 556 and greg m 22.33 that's 2233 isn't that the stage Three, four of the maple seed. Two, two, three, three. Yeah, it is. Ah, oh. And I, so I sent him a message. I said, "You do know that's twenty two dollars and thirty three cents." He goes, "Yeah, I know." I said, "Per month." That's been, I said, "Per month." <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, I know." I'm going, "Okay." I, I said, "Thank you very I much." Send him a shirt or, or a couple shirts. <laughs> you should. <laughs> he I'll already get has right one, on I that. Think. I think I gave oh, him. He'll one. get more. He'll get more. <laughs> Maybe stuffing boxes full of shirts. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. Uh, we use it for not just shirts. We use it for hosting fees and domain fees and bandwidth and whatnot. And we use it for getting us to, uh, to different events and uh, better video equipment and audio and whatnot as well. So yes. uh, if you'd like to help out, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. And you, you don't have to do, $22 a month. You could do like a buck a month or a couple bucks a month and just help us out. That's what the whole idea with Patreon is. I Finally, upgraded this month to 308. Mm, for Maybe us? I, yeah, yeah. You, I support you, us. Okay, cool. Why not? All right. Uh, please join one or more of our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Right now we're at 2087 uh, likes. And that's where we sometimes post the odd weird thing and chat and that kind of thing. Uh, Finally, good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.